Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greatest living collection of freedom fundamentalists. Mojo Five-O. I have a dream. One day. Black men thinking. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. Black men thinking. Anytime you throw your weight behind a political party that controls two-thirds of the government and that party can't keep the promise that it's made to you during election time and you are dumb enough to walk around continuing to identify yourself with that party, you're not only a chump, but you're a traitor to your race. Black men thinking. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people, is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. Black men thinking, 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 thinking. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Black men thinking, thinking, thinking. Stanley Levy, Black Man Thinking, here on the vanguard of personal freedom, personal liberty, and personal responsibility, Mojo 50 Radio. Also, you can find us on iHeart and um, Spreaker and pretty much anywhere that you would get your podcast, you can find Black Man Thinking. I'm very happy and uh, about that and hope you will take advantage of it to make sure you hear uh, the things that we uh, put forward on this broadcast. Happy New Year to everyone. And um, I'm hoping that, though very, very early in the new year, that your um, resolutions are holding and that your plans are coming, are uh, being laid out and maybe even coming to fruition at this early date. We're not changing much because the challenges facing the country have been the same for about a year now. So we're going to go ahead and start, um, you know, okay, with the COVID update. So, well, what do we know about COVID now? We do know more now. 
as the um, the truth comes out, because remember that old saying that is attributed to Winston Churchill, um, a lie can make it halfway around the world before the truth can get its trousers on. Well, <clears throat> the truth is fully dressed right now. And as is always the case with the truth, people don't want to hear it. So we're stuck, we're stuck with that particular thing. But, and as a result, the saga continues. Um, this is not what they've told you it is. But you have spent such, so much time and the media have done such a remarkable and consistent job of pushing false rhetoric about a virus that the majority of people, uh, particularly those who pay attention to what is broadcast as news, are simply sheep now. They believe that Anthony Fauci is telling the truth. He, he isn't. He never has been. They believe that Joe Biden uh, has a plan, even though he's recently admitted that there is no plan. And now we're sitting up here talking about whether or not mandates, uh, which are not law, by the way, uh, should be legal and binding upon the American citizenry, which is a ridiculous precept from its outset. But let's take a look at this thing medically. Because remember, we used to be able to tell what a case of COVID looked like. If it were clinical, uh, just from a clinical standpoint, if you had fever, chills, rigors, muscle pain, headaches, sore throat, um, new taste or smell disorders, or if you had a, a cough or you had uh, difficulty breathing, shortness of breath, um, or severe uh, respiratory illness, then you know what? You probably had COVID. Of course, the interesting thing is those symptoms can describe the common cold. They can describe the flu. They can describe any number of respiratory viruses which would cause the same symptoms. And now, of course, we have a new entry with the Omicron variant of coronavirus, which in more than a third of all cases has no symptoms at all. I believe the number I saw was 41% of those infected with the Omicron variant have no symptoms. Well, how did you find that? Well, we tested them and they had no symptoms. Why are you testing people that don't have symptoms? See, help me out with that. When did we get to, to the point where you test people who don't have symptoms? What's the medical basis for testing people for a disease for which they show no symptoms. What is it? Why are we assuming, well, you know, COVID-19 is so dangerous. No, well, actually, no, it's not, but that's a different story. Particularly the Omicron variant is not. But I digress. But let me say one other thing about that, about that testing thing. Do you realize that in the United States, in the United States, we do more than 2.3 tests per person in the United States. And of course, Joe Biden has gone out and ordered a half a million more tests. Half a billion, excuse me, half a billion more tests. You know, it's only 333 um, three, or 334 million people in the United States. He went out and ordered half a billion more tests. 
so we're going to test everybody in the country again. We haven't we've we've done it more than twice. We're going to have enough to do it at least one more time. Why? But again, I digress. But now we're like I said, the Omicron variant for forty one percent of those who had it, they don't have they don't have symptoms. And the va- the vaccine, of course, is useless against it, which brings up a very simple question, a very a valid question about the testing and everything else. Well, wait a minute. If the vaccine, which is only supposed to do something with spike glycoproteins, has no effect on the Omicron variant, how is its spike glycoprotein any different than that from the other quote-unquote variants. What is the difference? I haven't heard one word about that. Because the the vaccine, the so-called vaccine, these mRNA injections, do not deal with the virus because the virus was never isolated to the point where they could make a live vaccine. It's only dealing with the mRNA component of the spike glycoprotein, which guess what? How is that different? between the variants haven't heard anyone discuss that and if it's not different as I suspect it is not then why would this mRNA vaccine so-called vaccine not work against a spike glycoprotein mRNA unless of course it never worked to begin with because now People were you, you had breakthrough cases of Delta, you had breakthrough cases with the other one, and now almost everything is a breakthrough case with the Omicron. Uh, the first 43 cases um, that came in to the United States, I think 34% of 34 out of 43 were among were in fully vaccinated people. So what good was the vaccine? Well, you know, the, it's 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 mutated. mRNA doesn't change. What does it change? So, and I, I love, well, you know, the variants. Is, I said, can I ask you a question? Do you know that smallpox is a variant, as it would, as you, as you might want to describe it, of cowpox? And one of the reasons that they figured out how they could deal with smallpox was they understood that people who had cowpox, like milkmaids, you got to go way back and find people who milk cows for a living. But milkmaids were infected with cowpox, which is, which is harmless to humans. But once they had once they had uh, contracted cowpox and you know dealt with that, they were impervious to smallpox, which is a variant of the same. How is it that this virus, if it has a variant, it is so different from everything else that goes by the same name that you can't that the vaccine has no effect. Really? What is this thing really? Actually, what 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 is this thing? We know almost be almost without question that it's not a naturally occurring virus. It was cooked up in a lab using technology that we funded for the for the Chinese to have and they got the technology. They took we took it down the hall and they and they um souped up a bat virus so that it could infect human beings. We already know this. 
And now we have these vaccines that are supposed to do something about, but they don't do anything. Before Omicron, you were still you, you weren't being saved from infection. You weren't being saved from hospitalization. You weren't being saved from death, except by the hand waving arguments that were being made by Fauci and those who collaborated with him. The injections didn't do anything. It's not it. They didn't stop the spread. Let's, rem- let's not forget that more people have so reportedly died from COVID this year than in all of 2020. And this is after we've had vaccines. We had va- The vaccines didn't show up until the last two weeks of 2020. And so for all of 2021, we've had one, two, and three vaccines and, and boosters and everything else, yet more people supposedly have died from COVID-19 in 2021 in America than from 2020. And I imagine there, it's maybe true uh, worldwide. But before you go off on a tangent, let's not forget this particular piece of information from Drs. Burks and Fauci back in April of 2020. Can you talk about your concerns about deaths being misreported uh, by coronavirus because of either testing or standards for how they're characterized? So I think in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. And I think the reporting here has been pretty straightforward over the last five to six weeks. Prior to that, when there wasn't testing in January and February, that's a very different situation um, and unknown. There are other countries that if you had a pre-existing condition, And let's say the virus called you to go to the ICU and then have a heart or kidney problem. Some countries are recording that as a heart issue or a kidney issue and not a COVID-19 death. Um, Right now, we're still recording it. And we'll, I mean, the great thing about having forms that come in and a form that has the ability to mark it as COVID-19 infection, the intent is right now that those, if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. Are you, can you be sure? I mean, you hear from coroners that that's not necessarily the case. Are, are you sure? How can you be confident about that? And is there any concern that it skews the data that you're trying to collect in terms of projections and, and things like that? Well, I think that would apply more to rural areas that may not have the same level of testing. But I, I, I am pretty confident in New York City yeah. and in New Jersey and places that have these large outbreaks and COVID-only hospitals. I can tell you they are testing. Um, New York and New Jersey together have... Have, uh, by proportion are testing extraordinary well as Washington State and Louisiana. So I don't see that there's been a barrier in testing to diagnosis. No, I, I, I think there's so much focus now on coronavirus that particularly if you take New York, which we all know is, is, is having a disproportionately higher proportion of the burden of the entire country is right now in, in New York. You know, I can't imagine if someone comes in with coronavirus, goes to an ICU, and they have an underlying heart condition and they die, they're going to say cause of death heart attack. <laughs> I, I cannot see that that happening. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. No matter how many times you hear that, it still comes through loud and clear. If you die with coronavirus, we're counting your death, no matter what the cause, actual cause, 
as death from COVID-19. That's what they just said. And the whole thing about testing was to back up the false hypothesis to begin with. This is it. So let me ask you a question. I remember they said, well, they have forms that they can market because if you'll recall, and for those who follow this program, I've told you, on the 24th of March, CDC issued a memorandum to the NVSS, National Vital Statistics Service, uh, the agency or the uh, group that monitors or gives guidance to those who prepare death certificates. Hey, we need you to put a new code on death certificates marking the presence of COVID-19 and listing it as a potential underlying cause of death. Doesn't matter whether or not they had a test, doesn't matter anything. If you think that COVID was involved, it needs to be on the death certificate. That was on 24th of March of 2020, look it up. On the 2nd of April, there was another update from CDC to NVSS, essentially saying that anyone who dies from pneumonia the cause of the pneumonia had to be either COVID-19 or influenza. After the first memo on the 24th of March went out, the next thing you know, the United States started setting records on daily COVID deaths. And we haven't slowed down, hadn't slowed down for quite a while. Now, remember, we're not doing autopsies on these. We're just People are putting stuff on the death certificates. They're not counting the actual deaths. They're just counting. They're counting pieces of paper. Is the code on the paper? Fine. Well, what gives it? Well, if they had COVID, well, what if what if COVID's not what killed them? Doesn't matter. Is code was the code put on the paper? So it doesn't matter what other codes are on there to represent what killed them. If COVID was there, they're counting it as a COVID death, and now there are over eight hundred thousand, maybe really. Really? This is what you're dealing with. This is this is what is now masquerading as medicine in the United States. And not only the feds picked that up, you can hear that being in the state of Oregon. Oregon went out to the point where you can actually find news reports where they counted a traffic death as a COVID-19 following the same um, rationale that Fauci and Birx put out there. The uh, Illinois Department of Health, their health official, uh, public health director said the same thing. If you die with COVID, then as far as we're concerned, you died from COVID. Same thing with Maricopa County, Arizona. You can find all this stuff. So it doesn't matter what you die of, and the CDC is still publishing that same table of comorbid- comorbidities that show more than a third of all those who have died, or about a third of all those who have supposedly died from coronavirus, among the comorbidities they had, well, there was flu and pneumonia. Flu and pneumonia. Respiratory failure. Hypertensive diseases. Now remember, this is a, a over and up, this is up, this is in addition to COVID. This is not COVID caused. This is in addition to COVID. Hypertensive diseases, diabetes, cardiac arrest, all these things which, you know what, they do kill people. But they were not put down as the cause of death in the minds of Fauci, Burks, and, and you know, now the Biden administration. It's all COVID. People in hospice care who had entered hospice care before anyone knew about uh, coronavirus. If they die in hospice care, 
and they contracted the coronavirus somehow, even now the Omicron variant, which doesn't have any symptoms and as far as we can tell, hasn't killed anybody anywhere. Oh, well, well, well COVID-19 is what, is what took them out. It's all fraudulent. It's all fraudulent. And it is all to push this vaccines or these vaccines Let's talk about these vaccines for a minute. Um, I've been tracking this. And I've only been tracking one database, and that's the VAERS uh, database that HHS uh, has on their website, which is just a bunch of Excel files. goes all the way back to 1990. I've looked at the last three years, and this is what I can tell you. In, in 2019, you had 126 different vaccines that were reported that they said, hey, we've got a problem with this. There were 48,444 events in 2019, and 183 people died. Now, there was no COVID in 2019. There were no COVID vaccines in 2019. So vaccine adverse events associated with COVID-19 were non-existent. In 2020, there were 123 different vaccines for which people reported adverse events. 47,579 actual events 166 died that year, fewer than the year before, but also more than 10,800 of those adverse events were from COVID-19 vaccinations. And remember, the vaccines didn't come out until like the 14th of December. You only had it for two weeks. You had 10,000 of the 47,000, nearly 11,000 of them were due to COVID-19. And 16 of the 166 deaths were from were associated with vaccine adverse events from COVID. Still, that's nothing compared to what we have now. Through the 24th of December, Christmas Eve, so about a year, we're a year into this now. Remember I said there were 48,000 uh, adverse events in 2019, all of 2019, 47,000 adverse events for all of 2020. We have 710,584. We're talking about well over an order of magnitude. We're talking about 15, 16 times the number of adverse events this year compared to either of the last two years. Oh, by the way, 93% of the vaccine types identified with these adverse events are COVID. We've had 9,917 deaths from vac- associated with vaccine adverse reactions in 2021. 9,607 of those deaths are associated with vaccine adverse events related to COVID. 19 vaccines. That's 97%. 97% of the deaths associated with vaccine adverse events are associated with COVID-19. Now, I already know what's going to be said, and it's being said all over the place. How do you, you, you can't say this stuff. You know, you're misusing this data. I'm not doing anything with the data, but reporting it. You can't conclude that because um, someone had a vaccine adverse event that, 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 that caused their death. Well, hold on a minute. How is it that you can conclude that having COVID-19, but not necessarily having any symptoms, having anything wrong with you, you just happened to test positive for COVID-19, even though you have all kinds of other things that were wrong that you can kill you, you can choose to say that COVID-19 killed all those people, but then you're going to turn around and deny that the vaccine had a hand in death? I don't get that. Because 
it's no, you can't prove that COVID-19 killed these people. Did you do an autopsy? We're not doing autopsies on that. I know of one autopsy report that was done on an 86-year-old man. I guess he was a European guy. And he was fully vaccinated. Didn't have any issues. Then he got, and then within four weeks, four or five weeks of being fully vaccinated, he was dead. When they did the autopsy, they found spike glycoprotein throughout every major organ in his system. But of course, the vaccine, the vaccine didn't kill him. Well, but spike glycoprotein is not supposed to be showing up everywhere in your body. And the only way it got into his body was it was introduced through the vaccine. Because even with even people who get COVID, you don't have them talking about they have the they have the protein showing up throughout their body. Medically this is a sham. And it is part of not a medical scheme, it is a political scheme. It is the medical component of a political scheme looking to get people to accept a particular way of looking at their lives and how they relate to government and to each other. It is designed to take away all individuality. We're putting on masks. We're not allowed to do anything unless we have vaccination or testing. Everything about you being an individual with your own prerogative is taken away. We'll talk about this more in a minute. Stanley Levy, Black Man Thinking, we'll be back right after this. You want to wake up refreshed? Like you slept on a cloud. Get yourself the very best in bedding supplies today. You deserve it. Go to MyPillow.com. And don't forget our very special promo code, Mojo50, for incredible savings. It's original. It's bold. It's patriotic. It's American. It's American Pride Roasters Coffee. Historically, great coffee. AmericanPrideRoasters.com This is Matthew Holloway of the Holonet. You know, if I'd have thought about this before I actually hit the button to go on the show. He's one of Mojo Five O's top hosts. I don't have a producer, and I suck at my job, so hang on. I'm gonna he see keeps up can... with everything that's news and mojo. <sighs> okay, see if I can find these damn emails from El, El Rondo. He's here. a team player that plays by the rules. Get my get my sensor button going so I don't make the boss mad. We don't whine him. It takes plenty of time and effort to get as good at this job as he is. That didn't work. That's weird. Huh. He uses the best technology he has to offer. Oh, good thing we're getting to the end of the show because my tablet just bricked. And he brings every bit of enthusiasm to his show that he can muster. A couple of other stories to get to. I've got five minutes left. I don't want to. Do I have to? Tune into Mojo each Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern and listen to Matthew put his talent to work. Hot. Didn't see you there. I was busy eating this delicious meal from preparewithmojo50.com. 
You look hungry. Do you want some? Of course you do. Get your own. You can go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. You can't have mine. coronavirus and the same level of attention that it has earned on its own is no different than what you would see in case of the annual flu. And of course, the annual flu has been forgotten. We don't hear about the flu anymore. It's been overcome by coronavirus. I guess no one has died from the flu uh, in all of 2021. Now, as we go into 2022, and flu season began back on October 1st. We haven't heard anything about the flu. So it must not be um, a disease anymore. People are safe from the flu. We must have stopped giving out flu vaccines. We must have stopped all of that. We must stop all of our um, normal conversation and precautions with respect to the flu because coronavirus is all. We, both, we all know that's not the case. Because the flu hasn't gone anywhere. Let me tell you what it means when it says the flu hasn't gone anywhere. Because the same uh, flu strains that are that we for which we currently vaccinated, which includes the Spanish flu H1N1, which includes the H3N2, I believe Hong Kong flu, that's that we vac that's in our vaccine every year. All the A and B strains, all those things. Oh, and by the way, the vaccines for flu are less than 50% effective every year including for those two strains, Hong Kong and Spanish flu, less than 50% effective every year. And on top of that, I believe roughly only, only I think it's less than half of the U.S. population gets a flu vaccine every year. But we don't care. And guess what? We lose anywhere from 20 to, I think back in 2018, we lost 80,000 people. Uh, to the flu. Well, that's nothing compared to the 800,000 people that we've lost from coronavirus. Then stow that foolishness. Stow it. Because as soon as the CDC comes out and says that only one out of every 20 people who died from COVID had COVID as the only thing wrong with them, and you start reading some of the other stuff that's there, including heart disease, kidney disease, accidents, poisonings, The truth of the matter is you can cut that number by 20. Take whatever they're telling you and divide it by 20, and that's the number. And if we've lost 800,000, divide that by 20, you're down to 40,000, which is half of what we of, of who, the number of people who died from the flu in 2018. I don't want to hear it. I'm not trying to hear it. Well, you're trying to you're trying to diminish it. I'm not trying to diminish it. I'm trying to put it in perspective. It is what it is. Well, it's more dangerous than the flu. Then how come the flu, how come the flu kills more people? It hasn't killed 800,000 and neither has COVID. COVID has probably killed around 40,000 people. Oh, by the way, remember that thing I told you about the um, 
about the VAERS database where less than 1%, according to studies done, it captures less than 1%. Well, remember, I got more than 9,000 folks dead from reactions associated with coronavirus. If I were to multiply that by 100, I would have 900,000 dead, which is more than they claim that the, that the virus is killed. And that should be more than enough to shut down distribution of something that is that dangerous. A vaccine that's killed 9,000 people should be shut down. What happens if it's killed 900,000? And why, aren't, why isn't that being discussed? Because this is not medical at all. This is political. If it were medical, someone would shut down this clinical trial. It's a clinical trial. Somebody would shut it down and say, whoa, whoa, we, we, we jumped the gun here. We're losing too many people. We're having too many adverse effects, too many heart attacks, too many miscarriages, too many sudden infant deaths, too many young people with myocarditis and other heart illnesses, other, other inflammation around the heart. We're having too much of this. We got people dropping dead. I think they've lost like 36 registered members of FIFA, uh, the soccer, the soccer league, in six months at, since 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 they've gotten vaccinated. People are people are actually dropping out, falling out, and some of them falling out dead on the soccer pitch. We have teenagers here in the United States dying in foot playing football. Well, that happens every year. Well, yeah. But this one was was fully vaccinated and had nothing wrong with him before then. That's just a coincidence. Really? If vaccine-related deaths are coincidence, they are no less or no more of a coincidence than vaccine deaths. I mean, than virus deaths. Because I because the link between vaccine deaths is no more tenuous than the link from COVID. Well, I know somebody who's died from COVID. Guess what? I know a whole bunch of people who've had problems with that vaccine. And there are plenty of news reports of people who have died. News reports. People who have died. Or people who have become so injured that they cannot continue their normal vacations. Are you going to deal with that? Or not? Because if you're not, I understand. But at least own up to it and let's you know let's let's go ahead and and talk about this like grown-ups and let's make sure we understand what this is all about this is all about how much control is the government going to get because if they can tell you if they can tell you that you can't go hither and yon you can't open your business you can't uh, have employees you can't have patrons, you can't gather with family and friends, you can't do any of this unless you do what we say with respect to a virus that is no more dangerous than the flu. Oh, it's more dangerous. Why is it more dangerous? Because it's killed more people. No, it hasn't. And you just have to make up your mind whether or not you believe the government and believe the media or if you believe what's, or if you believe what you see with your own eyes, a lot of it. Let me let me make this clear. 
if you don't believe this is political, I challenge you to do this for those of you who watch television news, who and I generally do not. The only television news I'll get is I may watch a YouTube video on a, on a particular story. And even then, I feel like I need to go take a shower uh, afterward. It is, it is so, it is it's so bad. Turn off the television news for one week. Go about your normal routine. And in most states, that routine doesn't include the same restrictions as it does in some of the other states. Um, and then come back and tell me whether or not there's actually still a pandemic going on. And we're in cold and flu season now. Tell me how much of this is, is real. Let me let me help you out with something. I was looking at a uh, USA Today story that came out uh, the day after New Year's, and they made they they had a, a remarkable listing of the states in which COVID restrictions have been list lifted. They don't have them. I'm going to read them off to you because there's 38 of them. Maine, Minnesota, Michigan, Massachusetts, Maryland, New Hampshire, Montana, New Jersey, Missouri, Mississippi, North Dakota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Vermont, Wisconsin, Wyoming, South Dakota, Pennsylvania, Utah, West Virginia, Tennessee, South Carolina, Texas, Alaska, Connecticut, California. That's interesting. California doesn't have state restrictions. The counties have gone off the beam pretty much there and I I know of which I speak because I live in one of the I live in this state and I live in one of those counties that have gone off the deep end oh well Colorado Arizona Arkansas Alabama Idaho New York New York doesn't have state restrictions oh my goodness Iowa Indiana Kentucky Kansas Georgia Florida oh well and of the 12 remaining a number of those are easing the restrictions that they have. There are a couple. Be fair. There are a couple who are um, tightening some. There's not. An, there's not. There wasn't a mention of anyone putting in new restrictions. So at least in 76 percent of the country, this isn't an issue anymore. 76 percent of the country, and that would include some Democrat states. The COVID fatigue has overcome the fear. We're tired of this because you told us we were going to have people stacked up bodies in the street. That didn't happen. We we're going to have morgues. We had to. We had to order stuff. They have done every. Let me help you. The big lie depends on your initial reaction. They are. They hit you hard to try to get the reaction you want, whether it be fear, whether it be panic, whether it be patriotism, whether it be socialism. It doesn't matter. The big lie comes hard. Remember when we were told we could lose as many as 2 million or at least 1 million people from COVID and people panicked. Of course they panicked. And there was no science behind it. There was, And guess what? Here we are getting ready to go into another year and that science never materialized. And the thing about the big lies, what they're going to tell you is, because you guys were so good, you know, you did everything we asked you to, and that's why we haven't seen these results. Well, that kind of works until all of a sudden they roll out a vaccine that doesn't stop infections. And you went and did that. You went and got vaccinated, and, and you still got COVID. 
or you're finding out like they're finding out in Israel where 95% of those who are in the hospital for COVID are fully vaccinated and boosted. Well, that's not happening in the United States. No, it's not being reported that way in the United States. We were told this was a, um, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Really? What pandemic? And you have to remember, when you go to almost universal testing for something that almost all the population has been infect, uh, infected or at least exposed to, And if you go to a hospital, you go to a hospital for a hangnail and you're going to get tested for COVID-19. And if you go for something more serious, you're going to get tested for COVID-19, whether you have any symptoms. And if they admit you, they're going to they're going to put on your chart that you were that that you have COVID-19. And that's going to be reported in the news that here's another hospitalization uh, uh, of someone who's COVID-19. Now, they never say if you look, they don't say that you've been hospitalized for COVID-19 or hospitalized because of COVID-19. They're just indicating that you had COVID-19 at the time of admission. Now, of course, the media and the current presidential administration makes that link for you that's not in the basic data. Because we're back to what Fauci and um, Burke said more than a year and a half ago if you come to the remember this if they can say well if you died with COVID then we're going to say you um, you died from COVID well if you go to the hospital with COVID we're going to say you got hospitalized because of COVID it's the same thing you're trying to tell us that we shouldn't be upset no I'm not trying to tell you you shouldn't be anything what I'm trying to tell you is you need to recognize when people are lying to you. If the government could do everything that they claim to be able to do, why did more people die from this in 2021 than did in 2020? And how come that doesn't didn't happen for any other um, respiratory virus this century? And after the uh, Spanish flu outbreak, last century either. It got worse when the common medical term, the common medical thinking is as as these strains continue, they mutate, and by mutating, they get weaker because the only because if they kill everybody, then obviously they're going to kill themselves. So they weaken so that their hosts can t- continue to survive and spread, which is why Omicron is a nothing burger. Just like the just like the uh, annual flu, it's as dangerous as the annual flu. And what precautions do you take for that? And during cold and flu season, you should be doing that anyway. Why aren't you taking vitamin D? At least one doctor has described the whole cold and flu season is not is not a rise of viruses; it's a decline in the presence of vitamin D in our systems. What happens October through April in the United States? People are outside less because it's cold and the days are shorter, meaning less sunshine. 
So you're not so you're not getting the vitamin D that would normally come from being exposed to sunshine. If you're not supplementing, your vitamin D goes down. When your vitamin D goes down, you become more susceptible to infection from viruses like cold, flu, and anything else that's out there. Why are you afraid? If the media if the media didn't tell you to be afraid, would you be afraid? Because the media didn't tell you even in 2018 to be afraid of the flu. Had has the media told you this this year to be afraid of the flu for children because in 2020, 2019 through 2020, the last flu season about which we cared, there were at least 144 children who died from the flu. We haven't had one case reported anywhere in the world where a person under the age of 10 has died from coronavirus, except in the United States where we make it up. But you go anywhere else, there's no, there's, there's, there's no clinical data on that. There are no examples of that. So why are you vaccinating children? Because you know what? Um, what's that old saying? Although it's mis- although it's a uh, it's, it's, it's not the right context, but, it, but people understand it that way anyway. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, let's train up a child in the way he should go. Say, you know what? If you're going to do these things, if you're going to participate fully in society, you need to be vaccinated um, by and, and have in your body whatever the government says you need to have in it at any time. We need to get you used to that early, often. We don't want you to grow up into adults and question that. We don't want that. So let's vaccinate them as children. Let's go ahead and hit them up and make sure. And it's not, well, well, they, well we already have uh, immunization. We don't have these type of immunizations. Not to mention, we have immunizations for actual diseases. We stopped from smallpox because we pretty much eradicated smallpox in the United States. I think we still do polio because polio, though not a big deal in the United States, still occurs. And if you go go to Africa, if you think polio is gone, measles, German measles, uh, diphtheria, which I think is whooping cough, we have a whole bunch of things. You know, we still, uh, tetanus, tuberculosis, all those things for real diseases, for viruses that have been tested that are known to be effective and and safe, relatively speaking. Nobody's questioning any of that. But how, when's the last time somebody got bitten by a wolf or, or a fox, because fox are known for carrying rabies, and they said, you know, you need to get a, you need to get a rabies shot before we let you go anywhere. Doesn't happen. Somebody, somebody, uh, some, somebody gets uh, gets scratched or scratched by a rusty nail or cut by a rusty knife, and they say, you know, before you can go to the to a restaurant, you need to go get a tetanus booster. Does that happen? No. Don't have any symptoms? No, but you need to go get a tetanus booster. No. But here you can have Omicron variant, which has no symptoms. And somebody will not even allow you to go to a grocery store unless you have uh, been tested, been vaccinated. 
in maybe 12 states in the United States. The interesting thing about that is 76% of the United States is past this. So who the heck is still paying attention? And the Democrats know this and they're running scared. Bless their hearts. They need to be scared. They need to be scared. And this whole thing is running out of steam because remember, we're going back and forth on mandates and, this, and the courts have, have weighed in. Um, courts have said no to mandates. Another court full of women said yes, yes, and I said it just the way I meant to say it. Another court full of women said, yeah, yeah, the OSHA, OSHA can do this. Other state full of men said, no, no, this ain't the way it's supposed to go. But then we had the massive admission from President Biden back on the 28th of December. Of uh, concern or encouragement for your team is that as the uh, as you look towards federal solutions that will help alleviate the challenge, make sure that we uh, do not let federal solutions stand in the way of state solutions and the uh, the uh, production of 500 million rapid tests that will be distributed by the federal government is great. But obviously that dries up the supply chain for the solutions that we might offer as governor. And so just that a brief comment before I turn it over to you, Mr. President. But I want to say personally, I've enjoyed working with you when I was in Congress as head of the DEA. And I appreciate uh, your leadership. And thank you so much for giving uh, us the time today to hear from us, but also so that we can hear from you personally about the challenge that we face. So, uh, Mr. President, the microphone is here. Thank you, President Biden. I said, thank you very much, Ace. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I'm looking at Governor Sununu on the board here. He talks about that a lot. And it ultimately gets down to where the rubber meets the road. And that's where the patient is in need of help or preventing the need for uh, help. Look, uh, Gov, thank you for, uh, for what you're doing. Thank you for the National Governors Association and Vice Chair Murphy across the river. All's, all's well in New Jersey, I assume, Gov. Um, and, Amen, uh, Mr. President. <laughs> and, uh, and here today, Democrats and Republicans, uh, we've discussed the rising COVID cases, especially coming out of the holidays. And as, uh, as I said last week, Omicron is a source of concern, but it should not be a source of panic. Whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. It wasn't supposed to be a source of panic? Then what was your entire campaign about, Joe Biden? It was such a panic situation at, because, and because that was the reason you gave for campaigning from your basement, for not having campaign rallies. That was the reason you gave. I know the real reason. But that's the reason you gave. We're just trying to make sure we protect people a very dangerous situation. We don't want to have anything bad. And you had a plan, remember? And your plan, by definition, was going to be a federal solution. Of course, your plan included mandates, which the courts have said, I don't think so. And now, all of a sudden, there are no federal solutions. Well, if there are no federal solutions now, what were the federal solutions back in the fall of 2020? But you got to remember, I mean, you know, but, you know, they had it, well, Joe Biden, like, Joe Biden's been lying for five decades, y'all. I mean, come on, man. Come on now. You know, we're talking about a guy who graduated 76th 
in a class of 85 students. That was him at Syracuse University College of Law. 76th out of 85. He failed, of course, after plagiarizing a law review article. What about the whole thing about it? You know, his, his whole sympathy play with his wife and uh, daughter being killed by a drunk driver. That's his story. And only his two sons were left. Well, here's the problem. The investigating official reporting um, reported that the driver of the tractor trailer which hit the car had not been drinking. But Biden has claimed on multiple occasions that, that he was drunk. In 2001, he said that he was drunk. In 2007, he said he was drunk. In 2019, in a political piece titled How Grief Became Joe Biden's Superpower, the wife of the accused driver said the family feels these statements are both hurtful and untrue and we didn't know where they originated from. And that Biden apologized for hurting her family in any way after CBS reported on Biden's unsubstantiated claims. 1973, he he described the uh, Roe v. Wade verdict as wrongly decided. But in 2012, Wow. No, excuse me. In 2021, he said the uh, Biden-Harris administration is committed to codifying Roe v. Wade and appointing judges that respect foundational precedents like Roe. Wow. 74, he said it went went too far. His first um, attempt at running for president failed because they found out that he was a plagiarist. He still plays. He's plagiarizing Black Lives Matter. The man, if if he has a pulse, he is lying. Which means he lied when he said there was that there was going to be a federal. Sl- Joe Biden didn't do anything. Joe Biden did nothing with regard to coronavirus. Everything that Joe Biden claimed to have done was already put in place for him by the prior administration. He had nothing to do with the vaccines. Matter of fact, he criticized the vaccines, saying that he wasn't sure that they would be safe if they were developed under under Donald Trump. But now he's pushing them as though they're the only thing possible to protect people from coronavirus, even though they've been shown spectacularly to have failed. This is what you're dealing with, with Joe Biden. This is all politics. And this is all designed to get the Democrat Party in a situation where they can dictate everything to you. Build back better, stack in the Supreme Court, voting principles, all this nonsense. And you're going to have to stand up against it. But I'm out of time for right now. I need to turn this over to my good friend Ron Edwards. After that, we'll be back with Hour 2 of Black Man Thinking. Recently, liberal water carrier Chris Wallace left Fox News. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the one you want in your cup. I wonder if the quick departure of Chris Wallace from Fox News has any correlation or connection to a photograph presented to me recently showing Chris Wallace being assisted out of a vessel by none other than Jeffrey Epstein at his island where, according to numerous reports, 
underage children were warehoused for the demonic pleasure of many icky politicians and celebrities. Speaking of such madness, it was enough to make me up, Chuck, when I was also presented a picture of Chucky Schumer allegedly kissing a little black girl sitting on his lap. Ugh. At any rate, the alleged atrocities should at the very least be looked into by government authorities to settle these issues once and for all. As the old saying goes, timing is everything. And the timing is kind of weird when you consider Mr. Wallace's announced departure from Fox. And it is very interesting indeed. I'm Ron Edwards. Enjoy the Ron Edwards American Experience 3 p.m. Eastern Time daily. To find out where, go to theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five-O. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm John Scott. Heavy snow is hitting the mid-Atlantic states, up to 10 inches of the white stuff, along with high winds forecast for the District of Columbia, Northern Virginia, and Central Maryland by the time the storm moves out this afternoon. National Weather Service meteorologist David Roth says... The metro D.C. area will be hit the hardest by the winter storm. In this case, one inch of rain will materialize as eight to ten inches of snow because we're expecting the initial snow um, to melt on contact, help cool off the ground before snow rates pick up. Wind gusts of up to 35 miles per hour forecast. Travel expected to be very difficult because of these hazardous conditions. The stormy, snowy weather has also closed federal offices and many schools in the region. Also at townhall.com, a line of severe storms damaged homes, knocked out power, and downed trees in parts of the southern United States late Saturday into Sunday morning. The storms following a system earlier Saturday, which brought tornadoes and flooding to parts of Kentucky. In Colorado, people who escaped the flames from last week's wildfire have begun sorting through the charred remnants of their homes to see what's left. Louisville, Colorado resident Rex Hickman says even though his home was destroyed by the wildfire, he and his wife still have a lot to be thankful for. We know how fortunate we are. We have each other. We have great friends, wonderful family. Uh, so many people have got to be suffering much more than we are, and we feel for them. Last week's fast-moving uh, fire throw, uh, tore through more than nine square miles, and uh, search teams are still looking for two missing people. On Wall Street, Stocks are higher. The Dow is up 31 points. The Nasdaq ahead 78. More on these stories at townhall.com. Here's hoping that Santa doesn't get lost using Apple Maps this Christmas. Mojo 5 Merry Christmas. Supply line interruptions are definitely here to stay, especially given the incredible talent we have working at the U.S. Transportation Department. However, you don't need to fear these interruptions. You can be prepared. 
Go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. The Daily Mojo with Brad Staggs. The point I, I worry about, and there is there a, a point there in here somewhere? I was kind of hoping we get to one sooner or later, but <laughs> well, like it's got. You told me I have to do three, two, one, go. What's a, the point? <laughs> I have to have a conclusion at the end. Good. Well, you're I'm at the end, so, so get to that conclusion, would you? Because we're waiting. <laughs> go in three, <laughs> two, one, and in summation, go. Um, we start polarizing and isolating people. And, and furthermore, with at the end of the day, <laughs> if you can't beat them, join them. Every dog has its day. <laughs> easy come, easy happen. go. Yeah. For more of the my story. political <laughs> ramblings. Is ramblings too generous? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, right? maybe it's not. Just a rambling is good. Yeah, right. Okay, rambling. Weekdays, 8 Eastern. Mojo Five O. After a long, hard night, I am exhausted. I need something that will stimulate me. That's why I start each day with Ron's sexual chocolate. It really gets me off to work. Find the flavor that stimulates you and gets you off to work at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Mighty Mojo Five O. I have a dream. One day, this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Black men thinking. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. Black men thinking. Anytime you throw your weight behind a political party that controls two-thirds of the government and that party can't keep the promise that it made to you during election time and you are dumb enough to walk around continuing to identify yourself with that party, you're not only a chump, but you're a traitor to your race. Black men thinking. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people, is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. Black men thinking, thinking, in this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Black men thinking, thinking, thinking. Stanley leaves you with hour two of Black Men Thinking here on the vanguard of personal freedom, personal liberty, and personal responsibility. Mojo five o. Radio. Happy New Year, everybody. And you can also see us on pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Podbean, um, various other places. We are pretty much everywhere. Very happy about that. And now let's get to work. Um, the January 6th hoax. 
I haven't talked much about that. I wasn't ready to. Because I go back to what I said before. Um, a lie makes it halfway around the world before the truth can get his trousers on. Well, guess what? Uh, truth is just about fully dressed on January 6th events. And the narrative that is still being pushed in Congress and in the media is not holding. But before I do that, there are two very big lies that are permeating the American political discourse at this time. The first one, of course, is this tremendous danger posed by uh, COVID-19. That's a lie designed to convince the American people that their lives are more important than their liberties, something that would... um, be a surprise revelation to Thomas Paine, who said, give me liberty or give me death. It would also be quite a surprise to Harriet Tubman, who said, I reckon in, I reckon I would um, have liberty or death. I said I had a right to that. And if I couldn't use one, I would use the other. Both of those famous Americans made it clear that if they weren't going to be living at liberty, they weren't interested in living at all. What we have with COVID-19 and all the policies and advocacy and everything around that is doing its best to try to turn all of that on its head, which is the overall goal of the Democrats and rhinos and globalists. They don't want the republic to continue because the republic is founded on the idea of give me liberty or give me death. Um, it's also part of also part of that lies that the government can protect people from death. Two two and a half three million people die in America every year of any number of causes. The government ain't stopping that. What may, and the, and what they prescribe to deal with this has patently not worked because remember, as we've ramped up and taken on COVID full force and put the whole force of the country behind all of this stuff, more people have died from COVID in 2021 than died in 2020, despite the presence of all the vaccines, all the testing, all the everything else, blah, blah, blah. And and that's, of course, if you believe the numbers, and I don't, and I know why I don't. But if the numbers are accurate, if, if the numbers are not accurate, then of course they're lying, which they are. If the numbers are accurate, then then the government is totally impotent against this virus, just like it is impotent against any other virus. There's no winning. There's, there, there's no good for the government in that. But because we're telling the lie that 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 life is more important than liberty and the government can't protect their lives then the idea is that people should trust government to keep them alive no matter what the cost in freedom that's what they're saying and the result is advocacy for advocacy for policies that remove economic prerogatives what do i mean well guess what no jobs unless you comply no businesses unless you comply no entertainment restaurants theaters gyms concerts amusement parks uh, sporting events etc unless you comply no travel unless you comply no education unless you comply no anything until people acquiesce to government edicts that by definition cannot work that's the first big lie what about the next big lie and that's that there was a, an insurrection on the 6th of January of last year. Now that's a, that's a lie for a slightly different reason. The first lie is, is for them to try to, is for Democrats and rhinos and globalists to try to take control of the American people and overthrow the, the republic in favor of quote unquote a democracy end quote. 
this other lie is designed to protect rhinos, Democrats, and globalists from the American electorate. And it's related to another lie, which, is, which was designed to accomplish that same end, Trump-Russia, that hoax that Trump colluded with the Russians so that he could win the 2016 elections. Now, as they did with the uh, repeated and baseless impeachment efforts, Dems, rhinos, and globalists want to endorse or pound into the American people that anyone who supports Trump is dangerous. That's it. You're dangerous. Remember, we started with Hillary, uh, basket of deplorables, and now we've moved on to you're just dangerous. And they want you to understand that you are dangerous. Remember what Trump said uh, pretty famously, I guess it was. He said, you know what? They're not after me. They're after you. I just got in the way. Well, that's exactly it. Now Trump is out of the way, and so now they're coming after you because think of all the people that they have held um, in an unconstitutional manner incarcerated in Washington, D.C., without being charged, without being able to see their attorneys, just violating all constitutional rights for somebody. And the Democrats have said nothing. Matter of fact, they are in favor of it. But here's another thing that's even more interesting. Can I ask you this? Who in their right mind, or even in their wrong mind, would think to overthrow the American government, the American federal government, by taking a few hundred thousand unarmed people dressed in American flags and going to the Capitol. Who thinks that would work? And remember the same people, you know, all the Trump Trump supporters are crazy. You mean the same Trump supporters who since 2015 simply show up at his rallies, listen to what he says, cheer, and then go vote. All of a sudden, they became violent, though they brought no weapons to the event. Well, what are you trying to say happened? Well, I can tell you exactly what happened, because I remember watching some of the news footage on the day, and I kept asking myself, who are these guys in all black with, their, with, with the ski masks and everything all covered up and, and all this? Because the folks who go to Trump rallies aren't interested in dressing like ninja. That's not, that, that's not their mode of operation. And interestingly, interestingly, Christianity uh, Daily, I believe it is, um, Christianity Daily, yes, put out on the 2nd of January a story. Here's the headline, Pro-Trump Insurrection? That's a question mark. Linked CCTV footage reveals Antifa or BLM were the first to enter the Capitol on January 6th. There's a new 17-second video that appears to be footage of a closed captioned TV recording with a woman's voiceover. It's making the rounds and showing the first people who illegally stepped into the Capitol, into Capitol Hill during the January 6th uh, attacks were all dressed in black and wearing combat gear 
which reports claim were Antifa or BLM because Trump supporters would not wear black clothing from head to toe. Never did. Not from 2015 on. So for everybody who says there's no evidence, excuse me, that's the problem with video cameras being everywhere. Remember, video cameras being everywhere was what what um, messed up Jesse Smollett. Because somehow from that interesting quality video that they had of the two um, African brothers who collaborated with him in his hopes, they figured this out, no man, this ain't, this, this, this ain't working. Cameras did him in. Because there are cameras all over the city of Chicago. And if you think there are cameras all over the city of Chicago, imagine how many cameras there are in the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. And there you have them. So they're in there. A group of folks all dressed in black, head to toe, combat gear, faces covered. That's not how Trump, that's not how Trump folks roll. So who are these people? They look exactly like the folks. Anybody remember that video uh, in Minnesota uh, of the guy walking around, I think it was a Target store, all dressed in black, just walking around casually, breaking the windows? And then when um, uh, one or two black people tried to stop him, or at least tried to question him, he got real irritated and threatening. But it was a white guy clothed head to toe in black. Remember, this is like May. (laughs) Granted, it was Minnesota, but this was like May. This was not, it was not cold. Guy's dressed in all black, his face is covered, and he's walking around breaking windows on a store in a black neighborhood. That's how they roll. That's how Antifa, everywhere you see Antifa show up, they're in all black, their faces are covered, and they have no problem with mischief. Now, for those who think I'm, I'm, I'm just making stuff up, um, perhaps you should uh, understand uh, someone who's named uh, John Sullivan. Hey, Kelly and Bob, James Sullivan says he turned in tips about his brother to the FBI here in Salt Lake City. He says he believes that his brother was not only involved in the riot at the Capitol, but somehow in charge. Full disclosure, the FBI has been in contact with me. John Sullivan posted to his Twitter on Wednesday. You know, I got the call, as I said again today, that um, he was uh, going to be apprehended by the FBI. John's brother, James, says he first learned his brother was at the U.S. Capitol when friends started texting him these pictures. Then John posted video to YouTube. Like, I'm just trying to record what we He was going in there to document it, but he also was part of the Antifa groups. I also... You know, want to want to support the black community out here too in the best way that I can. That's my belief. I believe the Black Lives Matter. I mean, I'm not here to assert myself and my beliefs on other people. I just want to give people the footage, the the video. The FBI's office in Salt Lake City would not confirm they were investigating Sullivan or any Utahns. I want to condemn, uh, absolutely condemn the shameful and uh, violence that we saw on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. We still love John, like, and that's something that he needs to know. Now, the criminal complaint against John includes violent entry. John was also charged by Provo police officers back in July of 2020 for criminal mischief 
and rioting. In Salt Lake City, Aaron Cox, Fox 13 News, Utah. Well, Stan, that's that, that's kind of vague. How, how is it vague? He's got a criminal complaint for him, against him, for being in the Capitol legally, and he has complaints in Utah for him engaging in similar activity. Yeah, but it's not really clear. Oh, okay, it's not really clear. Here's another report um, that goes just a little bit more in-depth about Mr. Sullivan and also why uh, a little bit more about his brother's belief that this guy is really unhinged. And the FBI is encouraging people to turn in anyone that they know who was involved in that attack on the Capitol. That means for some people turning in their friends and even their own family members. Our Adian Dintil spoke to James Sullivan who turned in his brother John Sullivan to the FBI after seeing pictures and video of him at the Capitol. And Adian, I can only imagine this is such a, a tough decision for a lot of people. It didn't seem so tough. I, at least, Lorenzo, these brothers, they're estranged. The last time that they spoke was late last year as part of a documentary that they're doing, which is capturing how these two brothers are on opposite ends of the political spectrum. And this isn't actually the first time that James Sullivan has turned in his brother to authorities. I woke up from a nap and I had over like 600 messages that were asking me to identify and confirm that was my brother, John. This is James Sullivan's brother, John Sullivan. The 25-year-old from Utah was arrested and charged for his role in the Capitol insurrection. According to court documents, John Sullivan faces charges of entering a restricted building without lawful authority, one count of violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds, and one count of interfering with law enforcement. Dude, you're not helping, you're not helping, you're not helping. Uh, You're going to get me hurt. In a video he shot during the insurrection, John Sullivan says he was there as a journalist. Uh, no, he is not a uh, reporter in any way. Uh, he started Insurgents TV, and um, he just uh, actually like started going into full like radicalism and going in preaching and hosting rallies. John Sullivan denied his brother's claims in an interview with our Eric Flack. I have no relationship. I do not talk to him like in any sort of way that he would be even able to get this information. And then also, um, as far as the allegations that he's uh, saying of who I am, it's just completely false. According to court documents, in June of 2020, John Sullivan helped organize a protest and someone at that protest was shot. John Sullivan was later charged by Provo police for criminal mischief and rioting. According to the charging documents, John Sullivan saw the shooter, but didn't condemn the attempted murder nor try to stop it. James Sullivan admits to helping police investigate his brother's involvement in that incident, as well as turning him in for his alleged role in the Capitol riots. We believe that John has made a bunch of really bad mistakes. Uh, We believe that he does most of what he does for attention. He'll go on video and he'll say that he's in Tifa. And then when approached by somebody, he'll say he's not. Pro-Trump? Yeah, yeah, I'm just anti-government. So as far as me being Antifa or or doing that with documents, it's just, that's completely false. I mean, I, I don't know where you get there's an organization named Antifa, nor is there a membership card that is being passed out. I have my own organization that I run as a, uh, you know, a media company that I do my video journalism through. That's Insurgents USA. That's how I know where I'm from. I know. James Sullivan says that his parents are in denial about their son's involvement in their insurrection. And Sullivan is due to appear in federal court here in D.C. on Friday. It is still unclear whether he'll be in person or virtual. He's also due in court in Utah on February 9th, Lorenzo, for his charges in connection to the Provo protest. Those two reports are from the 14th and the 21st of January, respectively, of 2021. Within one in two weeks of the actual events of January 6th, this guy had, who is Antifa, 
Notice how he does. I love how Antifa keeps denying that they're Antifa and and Satan himself have this same thing in common. They deny their own existence. What? What? There's there's no end. Don't you remember how uh, Humpty Dumpty, um, also known as Jerry Nadler, um, when asked by a reporter about Antifa, called them a myth. You gotta love that. You gotta love that about about um, Democrats and rhinos and and uh, globalists. They 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 deny that Antifa exists. It's it, it's well. I've you know how how I don't know how they even know that there was an uh, there was such an organization. His brother made it clear. Uh, he'll tell you know he'll admit that he's part of Antifa until someone publicly questions him about it. And then of course Antifa doesn't exist. I have my own organization. I'm not about that. I don't know anything about it. Okay, but. You've been charged in federal court and also in Utah for being the type of person who gets involved in Antifa stuff. How come this hasn't been brought to your attention? How come we're just now, almost a year after after the fact, finding video that shows the first people into the Capitol were more more than likely Antifa? I don't think it was BLM because BL unless you're talking about the white BL uh, BLM folks, um, because that's not their role. BLM is not interested in going into the Capitol. That's not, and if they were, they would be looking to hurt people. Um, so somebody would have got hurt, and I'm not talking about um, some 35 year old former Air Force veteran who got shot by a Capitol police officer. What is this about, really? That's what you got to ask yourself. Before the month of January was over, this dude had been apprehended. He had been arrested. He had been charged. Did you hear about it? Was it covered? Or were you given a, stare, a steady diet of Trump supporters, Trump supporters, Trump supporters? I guarantee you John Sullivan is nobody's Trump supporter. Now, we got all the way to August before um, Molly Hemingway finally showed up. She showed up on, on, on Fox News. I think it was a Media Matters show. And she laid out some things with regard to um, the January 6th event that I thought were kind of interesting. Molly Hemingway, I get the critical coverage surrounding the formation of this committee controlled by Nancy Pelosi, but I don't understand how police officers, though a couple made anti-Trump comments, can get, can get anything but admiration from the press for the life-threatening ordeal that they went through. Well, the context is that this is a very theatrical effort by Nancy Pelosi to... Uh, to, to deal with the situation. And in the case of one of the officers, he didn't just make anti-Trump comments. He actually celebrated the violent and deadly riots of the previous summer. He cheered or he joked about President Trump being under a security threat when when it was believed that he was when he had to be rushed off of stage. And he made a bunch of anti-Trump, anti-conservative comments. That doesn't take away from what he went through at the riot on, on January 6th, but the entire situation is that the media are cheering on this these hearings, and they're not thinking about the context that we had a summer where the media themselves and other elites really celebrated political violence. They downplayed the harm caused in terms of the dozens of deaths, the billions of dollars of damage, the attacks on the White House, federal courthouses in Portland, police precincts across the country. That's something that a lot of Americans would like to have investigated, in part because corporations gave money to the groups that were behind some of this. There were at much okay. more danger of something like that continuing than this few-hour riot that was bad and, 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 and awful. Uh, 
at the Capitol. And that's something that the media are not doing a good job covering at all. All right. Well, I flatly disagree. The media celebrated political violence, although certainly the coverage of the demonstrations and riots could have been better. So Ms. Hemingway did bring out the fact, wait a minute, you guys are all upset about what happened for a few hours at the Capitol, which we now know was instigated by the same people who caused billions of dollars of damage in numerous American cities, almost all of them uh, run by Democrats, killed people, destroyed businesses. But there's no investigation of that. We don't have anything going on about that. The same people who are in office now, I think, was it Kamala Harris uh, was involved with some group that was actually paying the bail of people who were involved in these riots. And now we learn this was and this was August of 2021 when Molly Hemingway made her appearance. We find out that Antifa was involved. Here's the thing. Here's my criticism, my lasting criticism of those who claim to be conservative. Why do they keep um, giving people the point that this was a riot? What happened was some people, uh, thousands of people, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people gathered. You had a handful and maybe a little bit more than a handful of Antifa types who were instigating violence and you had police who did not do anything to stop the violence or to counteract the actions of Antifa. And it was allowed to go on until something terrible occurred. Well, the Trump people should have left. Well, how come you didn't say that to any of the Antifa or Black Lives Matter people in all the tens and dozens of cities where they created all this havoc? And how come you're not investigating? Where's the January? Where's the commission to look into all that violence? This is a lie. It is a hoax. It is a joke. And if you don't recognize that and put an end to it, then it's going to continue to do harm to you until there's absolutely nothing left to laugh about. Stanley Levy, Black Man Thinking. We'll be back right after this. You want to wake up refreshed like you slept on a cloud. Get yourself the very best in bedding supplies today. You deserve it. Go to MyPillow.com. And don't forget our very special promo code, Mojo50, for incredible savings. Live free, Mojo50. I'm Michael Pelka from PuroPelka.com. I'm a big free speech fan. I'm someone who wants everybody to say whatever they want. But I also think it's fair game for us to point out when people say dumb things. The most powerful gathering of freedom fundamentalists since Philadelphia in 1776. Mojo 5.0. At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company. Much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs. And if you can dream it, we can probably make it. We can custom laser cut and engrave on nearly all material. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items 
or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow us to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. View our designs at romicadesigns.com or simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Call us at 817-400-4040, email info at romicadesigns.com or visit us on the web at romicadesigns.com. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. I was busy eating this delicious meal from preparewithmojo50.com. You look hungry. Do you want some? Of course you do. Get your own. You can go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. You can't have mine. segment of the show wow it keeps coming back to this and I will keep expressing this as long as I have breath and inclination to broadcast Um, but it comes down to this it's going to be peace or liberty it is an or it's not peace and liberty it's peace or liberty and the American people as well as other people around the world are going to have to decide which one they will throw in with, which one they will highlight, they will prefer, they will cling to. In some cases, which one will they defend? If we're speaking about peace and liberty, you need to understand they're not equal in importance. They're not. Um, Peace is an unnatural state for the human animal as a group. There are always going to be um, differences of opinion. There are always going to be um, problems and uh, issues arising between people. Um, When it's individuals, that's one thing. When it becomes groups of people, then it becomes another. And you cannot simply wish those differences away. You have to manage them. And the interesting thing about peace and liberty, they do not, they're not equal in importance. I believe liberty is far more important than uh, than peace. And they really don't exist in a, in some type of um, equal, equal balance where you balance peace and liberty. That's not the case because only where liberty is vigorously or even violently defended can meaningful peace exists, which basically, let me tell you what peace means. It means nobody's bothering anybody else. The usual reason that occurs, you can go back to the to what was known as the Wild West in the United States as it was expanding toward the Pacific Ocean. Peace came at the end, at the barrel of a gun. Because if some if if someone else had a gun and you had a disagreement unless you were willing 
to try to kill them, then the fact that they had a gun, well, that kind of kept the peace. As a matter of fact, that's what one of the um, one of the uh, guns uh, in the Old West was called, called the peace the peacekeeper. That's exactly what it did. You want to start something? Really? Do you, are you sure you want to do that? Because we are ready to vigorously and even violently defend the liberty that you want to trample on. So make up your mind which one it is. Remember also what Thomas Jefferson uh, said in a uh, wrote actually in a fame in one of his more famous quotes: "The tree of liberty." must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of tyrants and patriots. It is its natural manure. You will not have liberty unless you are willing to kill and to die for it. Now you can have peace. Let me make sure you understand this. Liberty requires blood be shed. Peace does not. You can have all the peace you want as long as you're willing to acquiesce to every demand that is put upon you by another. And then you can have peace. Of course, that peace only exists until the next demand comes up and then you must continue to acquiesce until you are reduced to full servitude or chattel status and you must remain under that situation to quote unquote keep the peace cowards are peaceful patriots and people who wish to live at liberty can be peaceable but they're not peaceful because there are many things that you can do to bring out violence in them I have a saying I have a lot of sayings freedom is a blood sport not a paper chase and what you have to understand is that those who would try to take your freedom and try to take your liberty want you in a paper chase they want you in a situation where you are bound by words bound by documents and those words and documents are there to preclude you from taking the true action that determines peace and to be honest that true action is I am willing to kill or die that I might be able to exercise my prerogative rather than accept yours for me and what we have now going on in this country is an imbalance where one side is willing to be peaceable to the point of being peaceful. In other words, they're not willing to do to take any real phys- physical action to maintain their own prerogative. And that 
group of people, unfortunately, is, is looks like a majority of the American people. Because we've done nothing about Anthony Fauci. We've done nothing about Joe Biden. We've done nothing about Nancy Pelosi. We've, not, we've done nothing about Chuck Schumer. And these people are working systematically to take away the prerogatives of a free people. They're doing it with the nonsense of the pandemic, the scamdemic, the, the whole thing where, you know, we have to protect people. You can't protect people. But you need to do what we say so that so that grandmother doesn't get sick. Well, you know what? You protect your grandmother. I'll protect mine. Well, you need to get vaccinated. If I decide I want to get vaccinated, then that's what I'll do. But you must get vaccinated. See, now that's where you cross the line. I don't have to do uh, speaking for myself in, in, in a vernacular of my choice. I don't have to do anything but be black and die. Anything else, we're going to have a discussion. And my discussion begins with, I'm not going to do that. And you're going to have to kill me to make me. And even then, I still won't do it. Now that's one side that is actually given up on real peaceableness. Peaceable does not mean you are um, a pacifist. It doesn't mean that you have given up on violence or you are non-violent. It doesn't mean that. It means that is not your first resort. It is mean you would prefer something else. But at the end of the day, I've already drawn a line in the sand. As long as you do not cross that line, I won't become violent. Once you become peaceful, there is no line. They can keep ratcheting up and there is no amount of pressure under which you will not yield. You'll just keep, you'll just keep bending. But like I said, we have one side that has given, that is actually on the way, on their way toward trading peaceableness for peacefulness. On the other side, you have the Democrats, the rhinos, and the globalists who have, who have no interest in peace at all and are willing to use your tendency toward peacefulness as a form of violence. They're out to guilt you. Haven't you heard all the uh, the things about the vaccine? No, you, you're, you're selfish. You you terrible person. You how am I a terrible person if I don't want to participate in a medical experiment? Well, these these vaccines are saving lives. No, they're not. Well, how dare you disagree with me? You must be you must be anti-science. You must be one of those Trump people. You really? Is that how is is that how we're supposed to get down now? If I disagree with you, I have to be a name. So the fact that I look at the government's own data, which strongly questions the safety and effectiveness of these vaccines, which they consistently preach, and you choose not to look at that data. However, I'm the one who is kind of out of pocket here. If I, if, really? And the hypocrisy is, is interesting. The things that you take as a matter of faith, 
with no evidence, no empirical data to back it up. If I question that, I am some type of Neanderthal. I'm a troglodyte. I'm 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 a, I'm a knuckle dragger. All these things. But if I present to you my information with data that your own people have produced and provide, you will choose not to accept that. You will say that I am presenting conspiracy information. See, I, I love that because I, I go with people say, you know, why are you challenging this? Well, I could start with the fact that the CDC says only one out of every 20 people who are, who are classified as dead from COVID actually were killed by COVID. Well, that's not true. I said, okay, so is that not true because you don't believe it? Is it not true because it's not written? Or is it just you choose not, or you choose just to deny the existence? And so there's the hypocrisy. I'm supposed to accept your articles of faith with no validation, no um, objective uh, verification, but when I provide you my 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 um, articles, if you will, with validation and objective verification, they are to be rejected. So this is no longer anything other than a religion. And there's a, there's a difference between religion and faith, by the way, but we won't get into that. But the hypocrisy is what you're going to have to deal with when you're dealing with peace or liberty those who want to have peace with you from a political perspective are generally hypocrites because if they agree with you politically they don't need to be peaceful they just need to be peaceable and that's how America became a great nation everybody didn't agree except uh, except on one thing you have the right to do as you please. I have the same right. And as long as what you do doesn't interfere with what I'm doing, then we're not going to have a problem. At the point where there's a conflict, then we might need to go to law, to somebody else to resolve this dispute. But if that does not work, I reserve the right. That's what the Second Amendment is all about. I know people want to say it's something else. To defend my liberty and my prerogative with violence if need be. I have that right. Well, the law says something different. Um, the law used to say that if you were in this country of African extraction, then you could be chattel. And that was perfectly fine. The law said that. The law used to say in parts of the country that if I was of African extraction I was not allowed to cast a vote in any election the law said that yeah but you you brought that down with nonviolence. Um, it was brought down by those pursuing their citizenship rights not practicing violence if you do not believe that the civil rights movement was violent, then you missed a lot. 
the nonviolence practiced by Martin Luther King, which was also um, which, which he got from uh, from Gandhi. Same thing. Gandhi did not. Gandhi did not believe in practicing violence. That doesn't mean he didn't. That doesn't mean he uh, looked to avoid violence. Because what he sought, he knew was going to get a violent response from the British. Yet he pursued it anyway. What King and the others in the Civil Rights Movement uh, wanted from Southern whites in America in the mid 20th century, they knew it was going to be met by violence. They pursued it anyway. They did not pursue peace, they pursued liberty. They were not peaceful, they were peaceable. They did not fight back in the in the um, same way that they were attacked. But those who attacked them recognized the danger that they posed. What is it that um, Lyndon Johnson said about those participating in the movement? Um, got a problem with these blacks now. They get uppity. And that's a problem for us because they now have something they have something now that they didn't have before and that is the political power to back up their uppityness and that political power came in the form of moral correctness their position was morally correct and they had a resolve that comes from people who seek liberty even if it means they have to die Let me get to something here because I want to talk about hypocrisy and how we're dealing with that right now uh, in these United States. I was talking last uh, segment about the uh, January 6th debacle. And that's what it was. It was a debacle. Uh, <clears throat> and the part about it that was hypocritical is that now we have the left going on and on about how this should not have been going, how this should not have happened and how this riot should have been condemned, should never happen. Donald Trump's responsible for all this and this is terrible, terrible, terrible. Got it. However, where were they in the summer of 2020? Political violence is never justified, no matter what the cause, but there you have Don Lemon saying that it is justified, that you can use violence, that violent riots that we saw last year that terrorised half the country, uh, where police were being physically attacked and blinded with lasers and having Molotov cocktails and bricks thrown at them, and many were injured, uh, where people were killed and stores were looted. That's fine. There's no problem with that because Don Lemon believes in the cause. Well, that's just wrong. Um, and apart from which, you know, everybody agrees that what happened last week at Capitol Hill was wrong, that violence was wrong. And also, I agree with him that it was based on, the cause was wrong. You know, it was based on a false premise, on a fiction that somehow the uh, election result was going to be overturned. But equally, uh, Don Lemon's supposed facts about uh, police being racist are also a fiction. You know, he, he doesn't get to choose his own facts mm -hmm. and he doesn't get to justify violence and continue on CNN, which should be ashamed of itself, 
to stoke those fires. It is so divisive and it is such a hypocritical double standard. It really just causes more division and begets more violence. That was Miranda Devine from January 13th of 2021, um, a week after the events in the capital of January 6th, bringing up a very simple point. The left supports the violence that accomplishes their ends, but condemns what they consider to be violent that goes against their ends, even though the violence that occurred was actually fomented by their own people. They're in denial about that, by the way. That was Antifa that started that violence on January 6th. It wasn't the Trump supporters. Of course, like I said, they're in denial about that. So here is the thing, but here's a statement she made at the beginning. We all agree that political violence is wrong. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. Every war is political violence. Was it wrong to respond to the Japanese after uh, Pearl Harbor? That was political violence. Was it wrong to respond to the Axis powers in World War I with violence? Was it, is, it, is it wrong to respond to the attacks on the World Trade Center in September of 2001 with violence? Was that, because, because, that, because that was a violent act against whether it was wrong. Retaliation against an attack is not wrong. See, and, and I hate it because, you know, Here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'll get in trouble for saying it. See, the problem for me is listen to all these women. Because, see, there are two types of women. There are two types of mothers. Uh, and, I, and I'm classifying them this way. There are two types of mothers when their child gets bullied. There's the one that jumps in and says, I'm going to take care of it for you. And we're going to make sure that because violence is always wrong. Or there's the mother who was kind of like my mom who said, now you can either go fight them out there or you can fight me up in here now you may whoop them you ain't gonna whoop me so you make up your mind which butt kicking do you think you want to take my mother did that to me when I think I was four years old and I went up and went out and beat somebody's behind that I was scared of because I was more afraid of my mother we don't have that many uh, women in society today, at least not those who are making public statements. Me, I believe the women of America are more like my mother than they are like the like the Miranda Devines on TV. Political violence is always wrong. No, it's not. Political violence is all is is justified by the moral correctness of the aims. The left believes that the overthrow of America because they think America is one thing or another, racist, unfair, uh, or whatever. They think that violence in order to do that, because you'll see them. You'll see the black ones out there saying, well, you know, if we didn't, have, if there were no riots, nobody would pay attention. We got to have the riots. Okay. That's how you feel, huh? So, okay, so if we want to put down the riots, we need to shoot you in order to keep the riots from happening. But you're going to object to that. Why? Because you think your aim is more valid than mine. I don't, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. 
have to remember something else here. Uh, And there was a statement made back in November by Scott Morrison, who's the Prime Minister of Australia. I want you to hear this and make sure you understand what he's saying. Well, of course, those, those threats and intimidation has no place in Australia. We're a civil, peaceful society. Where we have disagreements, we don't handle them with violence. And there can be no tolerance for that. And there should be no tolerance for that. Um, no matter how frustrated people might be, that is never the answer. And uh, there needs to be uh, the respect shown uh, in those, those debates that we have. There has to be an appropriate balance and civility. Of course, there are many people who are feeling frustrated. I mean, over the last couple of years, governments have been telling Australians what to do. Now, there's been a need for that as we've gone through the pandemic. But the time is now to start rolling all of that back. Australians have kept their part of the deal. More than 80% of Australians are now double-dose vaccinated. We now have one of the highest vaccination rates in the world. We've had one of the strongest economies to come through the pandemic. And we have one of the lowest fatality rates from COVID in the world. Australians have done an amazing job when it comes to leading us through this pandemic. But now it's time for governments to step back and for Australians to take their lives back and for Australians to be able to move forward with the freedoms that should be theirs. That's certainly what we're doing as a federal government. That's where we see it going. Um, Our position on mandatory vaccines, for example, is in very specific circumstances. We're not in favour of mandatory vaccines imposed by the government. Businesses can make their own choices under the law, but we're not about telling them what to do or telling Australians what to do. Vaccines only are mandatory in cases where you've got health workers that are working with vulnerable people. That is the sound of creeping authoritarianism. This is the same uh, Prime Minister who gave federal troops, Australian Defence Force troops, to, I think, the Northern Territories for them to take people forcibly and to quarantine them against their will happen to be the aboriginals uh, aboriginal uh, people because they had been exposed to covid notice what he said there was a need for government to tell australians what to do when is that ever the case can i ask you a question had george the third made the same speech that scott morrison had made would it have been any less appropriate if he made that same speech in 1776 I know you're frustrated but you know what we need to do these things etc so on and uh, you know there's going to come a time where we're going to give you your liberties back what is the response supposed to be to that by the way someone let me know I'm, 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 I'm curious and I've noticed something that the preferred uniform of the author- of the authoritarian and the slave master is fine clothing a brooks brothers suit they never want to dress as soldiers except in the case of fidel castro of course but they want to make it as though we have evolved past this we're a peaceable and a civil society we don't settle our differences Uh, in that way which means when your differences are with the government they never get settled you're seeing that in America now so well we, we can have elections we've had elections what did that do for you because the elections are not legitimate anymore they are subject 
to corruption. They're subject to fraudulence. And no one is making any effort to turn it back. So what are you supposed to do? Well, we disagree with the government and we wait for the next election, which doesn't get you anything. And then you continue to be civil and peaceable while your liberties erode to the point where there is nothing left to fight for because you were civil and peaceable all along. And guess what? We never got the suits of the politicians dirty. Peace is not the natural state of things. Neither is liberty. But liberty is the only one which is really worth a fight. Because I can be at peace and not have any prerogatives because that might be the price of peace. But at liberty, I have my own prerogatives and I recognize I may have to fight for them. I choose liberty over peace and that's our show may God bless you and keep you that's my prayer always and until next week do take care is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.